episode 172. Well, 2020 is over and hopefully we learned a whole bunch of lessons. But as we move forward, today we look at Dan Ryland's blog post that talks about seven factors that will erode your church's progress in 2021. That's today on The Reclaimed Leader. Welcome to The Reclaimed Leader, a podcast by two pastors trying to lead their churches through revitalization and change. Their mission, to share their journey with you so it might help you in yours. And now, here, please welcome our hosts, Jason Tucker and Jesse Skiffington. Hey, everyone, welcome to episode 172 of the Reclaim Leader, Equipping Churches for Turnaround Change. I'm Jason Tucker, again, here with Jesse Skiffington. How's it going, Jesse? Doing well, Jason. No serious complaints. Um, probably a few complaints, <laughs> but nothing serious. And uh, hanging in there, doing well. Uh, 2021, we're, we're in the midst of it. We're going for it. So I'm uh, grateful to be having these conversations every week with you. And hopefully the things that we're talking about are are useful or thought-provoking or at least um, past the time for the folks that are listening. So uh, glad to have you part of the conversation here at Reclaimed Leader. And today we're going to be visiting uh, a blog post from one of the folks that we're huge fans of. Dan Ryland. Um, I think we would want to call him our friend. I'm not sure he would necessarily remember my name, but uh, we've had conversations with him here on the on the uh, on the podcast, and we bumped into him at conferences down through the years. And he's such a just a genuine, helpful, and positive voice in the leadership mix for the church. And so we're big fans of Dan Ryland. And we're going to be talking through one of his uh, blog posts today. Yeah. And I, I just love Dan Ryland about how he's just, I feel like he's, he's in my corner. You know what I mean? Like, totally. even he's, though he's rooting for you, man, he means right? it. I mean, yeah. the, and the way that he comes across is like, Hey, you know, you're probably doing this wrong, but you know what? You're probably doing a great job. You, you know, like he finds <laughs> a way right. to encourage you. <laughs> he is <laughs> even um, in that. He really is. You know, we, you know, I'm sure he would say, Hey, you guys are giving me way too much credit. So I don't know. He's a pretty humble guy, but I always walk away encouraged every time I have any touch point with Dan Ryland personally, or something he says, or when we've talked to him or when I read his uh, stuff. And um, I think that's a, a good thing right now uh, where we, we just need to feel encouraged and built up. We really yeah. do as leaders. Yeah. So uh, hopefully that happens as we're wrestling through with some of the, the th- thoughts that he's going to present in this blog post and, and we'll kind of talk through them together and just see if it, it helps uh, provoke any reflections or thoughts for you listening in. And um, we're just going to walk through it. So um, we're talking about, you know, we're jumping into 2021 and uh, Dan kind of he gives us a framework to think about, are we applying some things that we learned from last year? And he kind of gives us, I just want to start with this. I thought it was helpful right at the start. He just gives us a quick five point checklist uh, for our leadership thinking as 2021 begins. And, and these are just, just write these down. You can reflect on them later. It's really good. But he says, uh, this is a quick checkpoint. You are applying what you learned in 2020. Yes or no. All right. Are you doing that? Are you applying what you learned? Uh, you know what you have to offer your community. Think about that. You know, you personally and you as a church, you have things that you can offer your community. Your faith in God and your confidence and your vision is strong. Now, we've been kind of hitting on this topic the last handful of weeks. Yeah. Ugh, I wish I could say in every case it's strong, but hey, that's something to think about. Um, in fact, that vision piece particularly was more on that kind of slapped me in the face a little bit. How, am I leading? with vision. We were talking about when we're worn out, it's it's hard to do that. 
Um, here's another one. He says, uh, your staff is fully engaged. I mean, is anybody's staff fully engaged? <laughs> okay. You get the point though, right? It's, yeah. Is your team on board? Or are you guys moving forward? Right. And then uh, here, I think this is sort of the, the, the landing point for, for this section. But he says, your plans are clear for the first three to six months. I don't know, Jason. I know there's Easter. It's coming soon. <laughs> we'll do something for that. But um, I think what he's getting at there is in the midst of all the uncertainty of this season, do we have some direction yeah. with our plans? So vision and then direction. So planning. So how are you feeling about that? Um, he kind of asked that question at the start. And if I read that list to you, Jason, how do you feel like you're doing so far this year? Um. Do you want the podcast host slash consultant answer or do you want how I'm really responding? <laughs> <laughs> Let me put it this way. He says, so what's the condition of your heart related to these things? Are you feeling discouraged, hopeful, anxious, opportunistic, or fill in the blank with something else? Do you have a positive sense around those things, even if you're not dialed in 100%? Yeah, yeah. So I'm totally hopeful about it, but I'm definitely not dialed in in all of it. I think... Um, yeah. We have some work to do for sure. We have some work to do, but I feel us turning a corner, not that things are easier, but I feel like we're coming up on a year and it's like, okay, we've done this for a year. We know how to do this, do this. So can we start getting out in front a little more Yeah. Uh, as, or the term that, that we've been saying is, can we play a little more offense instead of defense? And I think the answer is yes. And I think everyone's feeling it. Yeah. And so he kind of gave that five, you know, point framework just to kind of get a quick glance. And really it just was a spur for me to go, okay, these, this is kind of what I've been thinking about in my head. I haven't taken action on all these things, but there's no reason not to, uh, we gotta, we gotta get push the go button. Let's move forward. So, um, yeah. and then from there, he kind of goes into, um, uh, a, a series of, uh, points that I think lead to some good questions for us. And so I wanted to walk through these and we'll go through them pretty quickly. There's seven, but seven factors that, you know, so we've made it through the, you know, the, the heart, the height of the pandemic and a lot of the challenges, there's still a lot of them present and we have uh, leadership to, to be about going forward. And this is, he just suggests that there's seven factors that if we're not careful, can erode our progress and the things that we've been about in this past season of ministry. And that can get in the way of being able to really move forward with energy and uh, excitement, positive, um, uh, forward-looking. So the first and one- And that's the title of, of the blog post, by the way, for absolutely. anybody who's looking for it, right? Seven yeah, factors that will erode your progress in 2021, which that's is right. really it's, good. So find, if you go to danryland.com, you can find this. Um, and I, I suggest subscribe to his his blog. Uh, really He's a good great stuff follow. So yeah. good, so, so good, so encouraging. So the first one is uh, fear-based decision-making. Fear-based decision-making. Um, now, uh, of course, he mentions fear can be a healthy emotion, right? <laughs> Obviously, we there's the reason we're wired sometimes to, to operate with that. We step back from the ledge instead of falling off the cliff or whatever. But it, we can fall into a mentality of, of sort of fear-driven uh, decision-making that can really uh, derail some of the things that we uh, want to be about that can actually move us forward. So Jason, have you ever seen fear creeping into the decision-making process in your life there at Tower Hill? Well, of course. I mean, it, it happens all the time. And, you know, especially during this time where, you know, you're making all sorts of decisions that, you know, the half-life on critical decision-making is practically nothing now. And so you just feel like your every decision is critical and you're, you're working like crazy to get it done. And 
Yeah, there's a lot of anxiety. I, I was especially feeling anxious when we made the decision to start reopening our building again back in the summer on a limited basis and then kind of more fully. And then even going into Christmas and all the Christmas services we were going to have, just worried about are people going to get sick and God forbid they get sick coming to church and do we have the right protocols in place and do we, what happens if this and what happens if that? And there were a few times where, where we were kind of like, should we do this? And we prayerfully push through, but I think everybody's feeling that on some level, I would imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. That fear. I think for me, when, when I've experienced those moments, like it really has the effect of causing me to not want to do anything, not to say anything, not to respond, not to move anything forward. Um, you know, just kind of keep things as they are, or, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of just kind of wait to see what's going to happen and wait till it's all over. And then we'll, then we'll move forward. And we've talked a lot about that here that, you know, there are things we can be doing now. We don't have to wait. In fact, if we, if we wait until everything's better, it's going to be too late. Right. Yeah. So we, we need to keep moving forward. So uh, a good question that he asked here at the end is this, are you, uh, are you ready to make prudent risk taking yet forward moving decisions? Prudent is a good word, right? You want to be wise, but are you willing to take some risks in the face of some of the anxiety and fear that you may be feeling that's going to move things forward? So I think that's a crucial question when you're thinking about maybe an idea that's you've had or maybe that's come up in your leadership teams and yet you're just feeling gun shy about it. Like you're not ready to pull the trigger and move it forward. Where is that coming from? Is that coming from a place of wise discernment? Now is not the time or is it coming from more of that fear-based place? Yeah. So, so, and I think fear isn't necessarily a bad thing, but if you're making your decisions based on fear, I think that's where you start getting into trouble. Right. I mean, I think the fear is a good course corrector sometimes when you're, you know, Hey, should you know, (laughs) yeah, exactly. If we let the youth have a pizza party in the parlor, you know, or whatever it is. Right. I mean, like (laughs) you should have a little fear. That's right. Um, There's a little, little fear can be a good thing. Yeah. Not if it hijacks the decision-making process and uh, then it really paralyzes you, helps uh, prevents you from moving forward. So uh, the next one you mentions, you know, seven ways that can kind of erode your momentum or direction is uh, what he calls sideways energy. We talked about this a while ago and uh, just kind of nice to know when you see Dan Ryland mention a topic <laughs> that you've spent time on, you're That's like, right. <laughs> boy, maybe we're getting something right here. Um, but Jason, sideways energy, what does that mean when we're talking about sideways energy. Yeah. Well, I think when it feels like you're doing so much putting out fires and so much kind of lateral movement of decision-making and um, planning, reacting, I feel like it's when you're in reaction mode, it feels sideways. It's really hard to move forward with a vision when you're just stuck dealing with what's right in front of you. And there's been just so much to deal with in front of us no wonder we feel like all our energy's spent yeah. before we get to any vision stuff. Now, and some of that, it just kind of comes with the territory and leadership, right? I, I loved your image of, um, we were talking about, uh, you know, sideways energy. Sometimes you can go back and forth, kind of like when you're, you know, skiing or something, you can use that sideways energy to move yourself forward. But if all you're ever doing is truly going back and forth, you're going to be in trouble. Um, I like the, the image that Dan gives us here, you know, he's talking about uh, if you chase two rabbits, you won't catch either. You got to pick a path, pick a direction and go for it. And I, I think this is really a callback to the, to remembering um, the important things and the priorities in our ministry. 
the things that we're, we are the ones that are kind of the only ones in our organization that, that are in charge of that, or we're the only ones that can do that, trying to give away everything else. And, um, and yeah, if I'm honest, I sometimes create a list of things that I can check off because it it feels really good to be checking some things off of a list, but really those are things somebody else could have been doing or that really weren't an urgent priority or whatever. So I think this is a just a good reminder to be thoughtful about when we're running kind of all over the place with our heads cut off and um, getting focused again. And the tyranny of the urgent, right? I mean, this is like been the domination of the urgent. Exactly right. You know, it's like everything's urgent. And I think that the the remedy is coming back to those five things you mentioned at the start. If you have a clear sense of what your plan is, as much as you can have a plan right now for the next handful of months, that gives you a focus. That gives you something to to make progress toward instead of just running around putting out those fires. So find something to focus on out on the horizon and and move toward that. I think that'll that'll help. So um, this third one is, I think, something we've all faced, uh, you know, being unsettled by COVID unsettled by COVID. So how has COVID unsettled us? Well, in every way possible, right? (laughs) Because it's such, it's led to such a, a season of, we just, what's the right thing to do? When should we open? When should we not? When, what, what's the wise thing to do? What, what do people around us think if we do this or that? You know, there's just so many factors here and everybody has an opinion. So COVID has been, um, this pandemic has, I think, presented a massive challenge that if we're, not careful, it can erode some of the the good things that are going on. Yeah, because really healthy people are still breaking down. Yeah. And it's not because they're unhealthy people, you know? It, it's just so much and so hard. You know, I was talking with a church staffer who was just sharing with me, like, there are just days... And she's very optimistic, very good at, at what she does and a critical part of the team. And she's like, there's just some days I'm just like, I'm done. Yeah. And it, it's just overwhelming and too much. It's it, because it's just unrelenting, right? It's not like, oh, the next day things look better in New Jersey. And nope, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. no, they don't. Um, so I think that's something that's really hard is that kind of otherwise healthy people are really struggling with mental health as a result of the constant pressure of this thing. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. And maybe in a normal season, a more normal season, maybe one person on your team's having a hard time. But the pandemic has really pushed us all uh, and stressed us all. And so I do think it's had an impact there for sure, where we're collectively, we're all trying to sort our way through. And this is where I just say, give, give yourself and people on your team a lot of grace. It's been a crazy stretch. I, I got a, a, had a comment the other day from someone that said, you know, we missed the opportunity to, to really lead some things during the pandemic and, and do some new things in the church. And I'm like, I was just barely getting a sermon to the congregation every week. I, you know, and give yourself some grace, give the people in your life some grace. Yeah, I um, put pants on. <laughs> that's all right. right. So like, that's, that's what do you that's want good. from me? Just let me live. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you get to a place where you're, you're, you can really trust that it will be, it's going to be okay. You can be settled around, you know, the uncertainty that we're still living with. And I think that the challenge is that there is no end date. If we knew the date on the calendar, we could find a way to get there. Yeah. And, and we don't have that yet. And we're still making our way through and all of our congregations are approaching it uniquely, but 
can we get to a somewhat of a settled place knowing that it's going to be okay. We can move forward with confidence, even though we're still making our way through some of the uncertainty of the pandemic. Well, it's funny because we've been saying this since April. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, remember when we thought it was going to be like two weeks shut down, maybe yeah. a month, maybe we two thought, if it's crazy. We thought we may be back in time for Easter out here on the West Coast. Yeah. Like We were planning for in-person Easter and online Easter just in case we had to do online Easter yeah. instead of in-person Easter. Wow. So anyway, it'll be maybe two online Easter. We'll, we'll see. Probably not. <laughs> we'll right. get there. Right. So, you know, if you're feeling unsettled by COVID, how do you get to a place where you can feel not that the uncertainty's passed or whatever, but that you can feel a little more settled and, and that your the strategy and approach you're taking, whatever you've decided on, you're on board. Let's go. We can do it. I, lo- I love this fourth one because it actually yeah. piggybacks on what we talked about last week. Totally. Yeah. And this was a just get insight from you, Jason. But uh, Dan Ryland says one of the seven things that can erode your progress is if you overlook the importance of joy. And boy, haven't we experienced that? We went into a lot of um, depth on this last last time around. But you can overlook the importance of joy so easily and turn ministry into just a a lifeless grind if you're not careful. So, um, Jason, and we really dove into that conversation last week. But um, how are you? Just a couple of highlights. How do you how do you find joy? How do you keep that touch point with joy? Yeah, just reconnecting with with my calling, with my passion and purpose of how I got into this and why it matters and connecting with people's stories and focusing on where God's showing up in their lives. And then and then there's all this stuff just in my personal life, making sure that I'm spending that quality time, I mean quality time with my wife and my children and uh, the people who matter most to me, you know, just making sure that we're not we haven't fallen into a routine of despair or, um, depression that, that we cultivate life together and that kind of rekindles joy. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. And one of the things you had mentioned is just go back and revisit your, your experience of being called into ministry, what that was like, or the, the kind of meaningful little touch points along the way, um, that can happen to, to bring you joy. I think for me, um, contentment and joy come when I'm finding some joy in the little things that I get to experience in my role, um, the flexibility of ministry to be able to be with my family or to, to uh, engage in different kinds of ways, or just the time that I get to come into the office and get a coffee and sit in my office and look through my notes and get ready for a message, find joy in some of those, those unique things that are uniquely ours, ours as leaders in the church. So um, we can choose joy in some ways, by searching for it in, in, in the meaning that comes with our calling. So anyway, so joy is a big deal. If you missed our last conversation about that, uh, be sure to check that out. Joy is such a big deal. So there's a lot of things that can erode our progress. And the last couple here, this is just a kind of a punch in the face a little bit sometimes to us as leaders, but, uh, what Dan Ryland calls unnecessary complexity, unnecessary complexity. So, um, yeah, the truth is we can overcomplicate stuff, overexplain things, overbake things when they just that's just not necessary. Um, I know Jason Tower Hill, you guys never do that kind of thing, but everything's I, dialed uh, in. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I was just uh, here's an example. The, uh, yesterday I was um, trying to organize. Uh, we're working on our um, sexual misconduct prevention policies and volunteer applications, all that kind of stuff. While we're still in kind of um, 
we're not back fully into children's and youth ministry completely and things like that. So good time to kind of freshen those policies up and things like that. And uh, I just muddled, muddled the conversation with my staff by over inserting myself. I have capable people on my team that can take that and run with it and do it twice as well as I could. But I was looking back through my emails and some text messages with my team. I'm like, I am overcomplicating this and making it really hard for my team by inserting myself over and over again. So how can we simplify, keep things, uh, you know, things are complex, but we don't want to overcomplicate. So, you know, I don't know, what are some tips that you might have, Jason? How do you tackle that? I mean, I mean, complexity is the enemy of execution that you just can't, you can't execute well when things are too complicated. And this is, this is like a foundational thing that you help churches that are looking for direction is one of the reasons why they're probably bogged down and can't move forward is because there's no clarity. Um, it's complexity just slows the gears, uh, sometimes to a grinding halt. So I, I think the way you do it is make sure that you're focused on whatever it is, focus on one thing at a time and executing that one thing. Well, and things will start to sort of clear up for you. Like, for example, if you have a church event and you don't know why you have a church event, that's a problem. How are you going to know you're <laughs> yeah. going to execute it well? Who are you trying to reach? What's the what's the call to action? Are you creating pathways for people to engage in the church? Are you just having sort of disconnected, uh, you know, events that don't really lead anywhere? You just have them because they're fun or because you've always had them or whatever. But um, if you're going to help people walk a path in their relationship with Jesus, you have to be able to articulate that path in a very clear, simple way. It could be simple yeah. without being simplistic. It could be That's simple right. and profound. Exactly. Yeah. Complexity. So simplify, simplify, and bring clarity. I, I hear yep. two themes in that. Yeah. Be, and simplify means streamline the process, right? And clarity means be clear about who's doing what and how the decision making process works. And I think that's one of the areas where, if I'm honest, that's where we eat, most easily get off track at Marine View is. Uh, when we're either uh, overly complicated, you know, we haven't simplified it into a, a really tight process, or we're not clear on the decision-making process and who has the authority to do what. And those things can derail us really quickly. So I think it's just yeah. something to look at. And one way, this is a, a little bit of a different lens, but you kind of alluded to this, is where are you manufacturing energy for something that's not yielding a good outcome anymore? That yeah. might be a sign that there's some overly complex aspects to your decision-making process or your organizational structure, because we shouldn't keep doing things that are, aren't moving us forward. And so anyway, I thought that was an important one and probably we could do a whole couple we of could. podcasts. I was actually just right there. Yeah. <laughs> so number six, some, one of the seven things that can erode your progress that you're making is an un- unhealthy staff culture. If you have a staff team and staff culture, we've talked about that over the years here. It's so important to have a team dynamic that yields really great ideas and direction, um, but in a in a healthy way. We don't want toxicity, right? I, one of the things that I always talk about with our team is that I, I would love it if when someone comes onto the staff or someone joins the leadership team, maybe on our session, uh, is that they don't find a dark side to the church. Like there's no dark administrative underbelly that people discover when they step into leadership or join the staff team. And part of that, it really, that makes it, you know, makes that possible is when you have a healthy staff culture. 
Um, so for us, it's something that we work on. And I think always is something that we need to be attentive to, because if we're not attentive to it, and we just hope that we'll have a healthy staff culture, we, we probably will end up somewhere we don't want to be with that. Yeah, absolutely. And then this, uh, the last one, this is good because I could see, I could see if we're not careful how this could easily happen. And yep. he says, letting your guard down. Exactly. That, right. Yep. That 2020 was tough and we're all just kind of done, but there are some people who are like, okay, we're through it. Everything's good to go back yep. to normal. Right. Let's yes. <laughs> Yep. And how that could be a mistake. Um, yeah. Well, and I think it's right. It's natural. We want, we want it to come to a conclusion. We want to be done. We want to move forward. So letting your guard down, uh, unwittingly or unnecessarily before it's time to do that. Really, there's maybe no reason to do that ever, but I think we get what he's pointing to or trying to help us understand is that don't, don't get that mindset that we made it. Now we can just coast or now we can sit back. That's it. Now's, now's the time to, you know, pay attention, keep leaning in. Yeah. Yeah, man. Good stuff, man. Dan Ryland. I, I, the guy's great. Again, please follow him. DanRyland.com. He's got great stuff. This is his uh, post that we've shared with you today. And I hope it's helpful. I mean, this is one of the things that we like to do is find the stuff that helps us and pass it along to you. But we also, we're getting some guests back in the studio. Uh, and we have our next one coming up um, is going to be Becky Lana. So do you want to introduce her? She's a friend of the podcast has been on. That's before, right. So this is her second Becky time. Lana. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun to have Becky on again. And Becky's going to be sharing with us from some of the work that she's doing. She's um, She's got a whole variety of things that she loves to be about. And one of them is helping leaders succeed and to be healthy. And so she's doing some, some life coaching. She's got a new resource out. It's a 30 days of spiritual journaling resource that she's been working on to help us as leaders in the church to be healthy. Something that anybody could use, but in particular, as someone who who is a leader in the local church and has led in the church down, you know, over the years, she just has a lot of insight into how we tick as pastors and leaders and what is helpful for us. So I can't wait to share the conversation with you that we get to have with Becky and uh, looking forward to that. And um, yeah, we're excited to share some more guests along the way here as, you know, as we kind of move forward into another year, we're, we're continuing to have those conversations, hopefully here that are helping you and your leadership as well. Yeah, and we'll definitely add uh, Becky's resources to our resource page on the website. If you haven't checked it out yet, reclaimleader.com forward slash resources. Uh, we, we, we're putting out books and all, a bunch of stuff up there that we find really helpful and good, helping to lead church revitalization and hope you'll check it out. Again, we don't get paid for any of that stuff. We just want to pass it on to you and, and start to do a good job of really curating and uh, cultivating some of those great resources. So uh, well, thanks everyone for listening. May God bless you and the good work that you're doing. Hang in there. Um, and until next time, man, this is Jason and Jesse, and we're pulling for you, praying for you, and just know that God's got this. Thank you for listening to Reclaimed Leader. Join us next time for more insights, interviews, and resources to help you in your leadership journey.